0: Welcome back to the Anti-Racist Educator podcast. My name is Molina and I am joined by my co-host Khadija and a very special guest Dr Paul Warmington. Um, This episode is part of a series looking at anti-racist theory and pedagogy with key experts from the UK and beyond. So, today we are going to be introducing critical race theory in education, and we'll be delving into some Black British hidden histories. Our guest, Dr. Paul Warmington, is a Black professor at the Centre for Education Studies at the University of Warwick, with key research interests in education and social justice, drawing on critical theories of race and class. His most recent book, Black British Intellectuals and Education, Multiculturalism's Hidden History introduces the rich British history of black thinkers and leading activists and it traces the evolving discourses in education around multiculturalism, anti-racist education and critical race theory. So welcome Paul, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm I'm, I'm fine, it's it's, it's, uh, good to be here with uh, Khadija and (laughs) Molina.
0: How are you Khadija? I'm, I'm
2: well thank you and I'm, I'm really excited about our conversation this afternoon
1: great <laughs> so
0: thank you paul for agreeing <laughs> yeah,
1: no no i mean thank you very much for inviting me i'm really really pleased to have the chance to, to talk to talk uh, with you
0: so yeah thank you so much um i think it's really exciting for khadija and i to finally meet a specialist in crt um critical race theory in the uk um because it's it's a framework that isn't really recognized in scottish yeah. research or it's not used very commonly Um, but I think it's helped both Khadija and I expand our understanding of racism in education so it's really helped us um, reach to the stage where we are at right now. Um, So I was wondering Paul if maybe to start off for our listeners um, we could start explaining um, what critical race theory is and how it applies to education.
1: Okay so critical race theory is really a framework for understanding the presence of race and racism in societies, the endemic presence, because what critical race theory says is that you know, racism is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's normal, it's everyday. So when people think about racism, very often what they think about are, are, are sort of extreme acts of racial violence, you know, shaven headed hooliganism and so forth. And what we're saying is, that 's only the most extreme most visible form of racism in fact, what you have uh, in, 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 in racialized societies and every society is, is racialized is you have forms of racial yeah, of racism of white supremacy uh, that pervade our institutions and that actually shape behavior in, in very very fundamental ways so uh, what critical race theory does is to reject the idea that racism only happens when you get a brick through the window, you know? It's there in education, it's there in government, it's there in media and so forth. And I mean, there, 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 there are a few sort of key ideas uh, in critical race theory. One is the idea, which is you know, a fairly common idea in work around race, that, the, the, that race is a social construction. So in other words, in critical race theory, race is both unreal and it's real. So it's unreal in the sense that you know that, that race is an invented category. You know, it's, it's 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 not a biologically coherent idea. Um, it's an idea that grew out of slavery and colonialism because um differences of skin color, hair type became ways, forms of difference through which power could be structured. So we say, yes, yeah, you have people, people of this in Inverted Commas race uh, you know, are superior. To others so it becomes a way of structuring power in society so first of all race is is a social construction and secondly and this is a very controversial idea in critical race theory um, one of the founders perhaps the founder of, of critical race theory was, was an american thinker called derrick bell right. and derrick mm-hmm. bell uh, wrote a book called faces at the bottom of the well the subtitle of which was the permanence of racism. So what Bell said was, was, you know, was that even when you get advances in policy or legislation, that doesn't mean that racism disappears. And it doesn't mean that racial inequalities, uh, the rifts of race suddenly disappear. Your race is there still as an axis of difference, as an axis of power. Therefore, Bell said, you know, don't rely on the latest piece of legislation, you know, or the latest um, you know Black History Month special to, to, you know, to make racism disappear. It, it doesn't It's much more fundamental to our society than that. Uh, secondly, yet yeah, racism doesn't exist uh, in isolation from other forms of, 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 of power and inequality. So again we have to look at intersectionality in other ways, in other words, the ways in which race uh, is intertwined with gender, with class, with sexuality, with disability, all of those things. Um, another couple of really important ideas in uh, in critical race theory. One, there's what we call interest convergence, and the idea there is is that is well, how does change come about? You know, people will say, well, things have changed, things have have, have improved, and of course, yes, yeah, we do get changes, and those changes, uh, critical race theorists argue, tend to come up about through interest convergence. In other words, you tend to get change or work around race when the alternative is even worse. In other words, where society reaches a point uh, of of pressure, of discontent, uh, and it becomes worse to to, to do nothing than to act. So it's when the interests, in other words, of uh, elites, racialized elites actually converge with what you know, BME communities and their allies are asking for, are demanding in, term, in terms of racial justice. That's when you tend to get change. But what you also find are ideas about what we call um, you know, contradiction closing cases. So what you often have is you know, a law will be passed, or I don't know, a statue will be put up somewhere or, or whatever. And you know, people who, who, who are very anti, anti-racism will say, well, you know, you've got what you wanted now. You know, things are much better. You, you you can stop worrying about all this race business, this racial inequality, because you know we pass that now. And so various acts in society, you know, as I said, very often legislation and policy are often taken as as, as as closing the issue of race. It's all over, and that relates to the final thing that I I I just refer to, which is the issue of colour blindness. So. Um, critical race theorists, you know, uh, again, again uh, you know, writers um, like Eduardo Bania, Siva, and, and so forth uh, uh, are very interested in this idea of, of color blindness. The idea that liberal societies today, um, you know, tend to regard themselves as being non-racist. What that usually amounts to is that they just don't see. Race and racial inequalities, you know, and of course, saying I don't see race, you know, is often held as a sort of badge of being liberal. You know, I'm a nice person; I don't see race, but that also means that, that, that we often don't see racism. So, very often, um, you know, racism, forms of inequality persist just because there is this very, very strong idea that, well, we're, we're past the issues of race. So, very often, there are ideas uh, that we now live in a in a post-racial society. And I guess what critical race theorists say above all is, well no we we don't live in a post-racial society you know and that might be painful it might be difficult but the only way that you will ever get to a real post-racial society is by actually going through the mess that we're currently in we're nowhere near a post-racial society yet you know yeah, yeah. Okay, so- thank
0: you paul that's such helpful understanding i mean i've been reading about theory. For quite a while now, but it's it's so nice just hearing it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
2: absolutely, Paul. Can I just come back to you on a couple of points there? Yeah, Um, (laughs) because I'm fascinated by it. Um, I'm I'm so glad you touched on interest convergence, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I it's been troubling me for some time now, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly when I'm writing up um a, a chapter in my thesis, Paul. Um, obviously, I want to relate it to what's just happened with the George Floyd case. Now, that interest converges, we're talking about the elitists now thinking, oh heck, if we don't stand up in solidarity, we're gonna look bad.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But
2: actually, here's where we perhaps have to to converge and join that. Like a colleague said yesterday, a flash in the pan. Is that all going to just die down after Mm. a short period of time? but so that's one thing I want you to sort of maybe comment on. The other thing was my understanding of interest convergence, I've always been a little bit confused, Paul, because when you, the way you've described it is exactly how I've been trying to interpret it. And mm-hmm. it, a lot of the issues that, that teachers of colour are facing, Paul, is when they will only um, be supported by a white colleague a senior white colleague where that white colleague actually sees their advantage coming out of it yeah. so for example um, teachers who are able to speak um, in many different languages so if I can speak Urdu I, I'm called upon to speak to the parent who speaks Urdu um, but actually what that does is it makes the help to, um, speak to parents in my first language but I'm not good enough for promotion
1: yeah mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, so I always think is about that, is that then um, my white counterparts using that aspect to further their mm. careers and make themselves look better, sure. but actually not recognising the added value that I bring?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's, it, it's a really, really good question, Khadija, uh, because what you're talking about here, I think, is, is uh, yeah, the very complex balance around alliances and, you know, you know, BME or other anti-racist racist allies, you know, working yeah. with, with, with elites. So, okay, let, let, let me see if I, if I can answer that. So, first of all, um, the, the events that have happened since the murder of George Floyd, and you know, again, the kind of resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, this could be you know, a perfect example of, of, of how interest convergence works. Um, I mean, I, I, if, 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 if we go back a few years, perhaps you know one of the last moments of, 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 of major interest convergence in the UK, I would argue, happened. Um, and we're going back twenty years and more now, but it happened you know with the murder of Stephen Lawrence and the That's, McPherson uh-huh. report into the police failure to handle that case properly, and the subsequent Race Relations Amendment Act. So you know the the the. The the Stephen Lawrence Family Campaign and the McPherson Report had built up such a head of steam. They pointed to so many shortcomings in policing and other institutions that you had a moment of interest convergence where basically the government said, you know, we've got to do something here. You know, we have got to respond to this. It, it, It just became unthinkable that they wouldn't respond. And they responded with the Race Relations Amendment Act, which was actually quite a powerful Piece of legislation you know later on there was a pushback against the act that's yep. another story but that that's what i would describe as a moment of genuine interest convergence now we now have the the black law sorry the black lives matter movement um and again uh, you know people are out on the streets you're know, making demands and this is always a moment where elites you know, elites will often feel, gosh, we have to respond. Now, if you look at, if you look to the uh, the the USA, if we, if we if we look to Minneapolis, where where George Floyd was 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 murdered, um, you know, one of the demands of the Black Lives Matter movement there was for you know, a major major reform of policing, and it does look in Minneapolis as as though eventually, you know, the authorities there had to say, yes, we are going to actually kind of take up the current police force root and branch and reform it, you know, because again, global anger had emerged around the murder of George Floyd. Again, there was, there there, there were massive protests and there were also very, very organized um, movements uh, demanding change. Yeah. When those movements get sufficiently powerful, you know, uh, it's, 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 Better to act than not to act, and that's interest convergence. Okay, yeah. so interest convergence has to be where we're actually both parties, you know, are actually having a having a need met. You know, okay. basically, if BME communities aren't getting anything out of interest convergence, then it's not interest convergence. You know, <laughs> so the, the, it's the a divergence. Yeah. So the the, the 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 other the other example. That, that, that you gave, yeah, is what often happens, you know, uh, which is that uh, it's not really an interest convergence, you know, it, it, it may appear initially to be like that, but basically um, what's happening, you know, is that the, the, you know, the, 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 the white mentor or superior or ally actually is the one who ends up getting a certain credit, a certain kudos, yeah, yeah. a certain career benefit. huh? And the BME teacher in the end doesn't get much at all, you know. <laughs> now, 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 that so I, I would argue that that it, it could have been a moment of interest convergence. But again, what happens in the end is what happens very often. And again, it may be that a lot of the a lot of the Black Lives Matter activity at the moment ends up being a kind of flash in the pan. So the I would say the the, the example that you gave of the two teachers you know, is an example of that kind of, yeah, flashing the pan is as good a word as any, could be, yeah, as good a phrase as any, you know, where there's a moment you know, where, where these two sides appear to be coming together, but then actually one basically, yeah, ends up exploiting the other, you know. Um, yeah. If both sides aren't getting something out of it, it's not interest convergence. So um, with the Black Lives Matter campaign, we're at a point now where it, it all remains to be seen, you know, because at the moment, so many institutions, so many organizations, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure you will be all too aware of this, so many organizations, so many institutions are suddenly are suddenly jumping up and saying, gosh, you know, uh, you know let's put out a statement, we're in favor of Black Lives Matter. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And, and And, you know, I, I, I'm hearing people in, in various circles who are saying, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll hear some sort of statement, or or or, or 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 they'll see some sort of response to Black Lives Matter, and they'll and they'll say they'll say yes, you know, not before time, you know. And I'm saying you've been around for decades. What do you mean not before time? <laughs> you, know, you, you could have been acting on this 20 years ago. You haven't done anything. So, um, uh, so so you you so two things. So you have genuine interest convergence,
0: uh-huh.
1: but you also have what I call these contradiction closing cases where actually initially we appear to have an interest convergence but actually what happens is that is that is that really the elites remain firmly in control and the elites are the ones who benefit and then of course it's made doubly bad because then they can turn around and say phew you know we solved that one you know we acted we proved that we were non-racist you know Uh, Mm -hmm. we proved that we that we stood alongside black lives matter and now you can forget it all and not bother to talk about race for the next twenty years, and 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 that's kind of the way it was. It, it, it's like you've done yeah. it now. You passed the law, you know. You put the policy into place. Now shut up and go away, you know. Yeah. And that's 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 what I would call contradiction closing. The idea that you close closed the case, you solved the problem, as opposed to genuine interest convergence.
0: And maybe that's where yeah. Um, yeah. activists I, really have to hold all these institutions into account and not stop. Putting pressure on, yeah, yeah these elites. So, I, I mean, we see this in, in Scotland with the Sheikh Ubayo case when the um, black man Sheikubayo, was killed in five two thousand and fifteen. There was hardly any media attention. The the portrayal of this man was was a black criminal, a super with superpowers who could just threaten any police officers. Um, and because nobody was backing the case, or not enough people were actually listening to the case, kind of got brushed under the carpet. But now with the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, more people are willing to hear and willing to uh, learn more about Black Lives Matter uh, in the UK and in Scotland. I think it's really important that we make sure that people remain engaged and make sure that there's going to be accountability. So as a result of that, we're now going to get a public inquiry, which didn't happen years ago. Um, So it shows you, yeah, the power of that. The, the people, when people come yeah. together and put pressure, and, and institutions
1: change, can happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean it, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's a really important step, and and, and, and it's and it's so and it's so important to 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 really remember and, and to mention you, know, and, and Kadisha, that you know we we are rightly angered by, by the murder of of, of of George Floyd, but again, over the last twenty years and more, there have been dozens, dozens yeah. and dozens and dozens. Of black and brown people who have died at the hands of the the authorities in this country, police immigration, your control, and your security officers working for immigration and so forth and 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 and, and again you know i i've often in, in the past used um the example of uh Jimmy mubangaga who was um, um uh yeah a man from uh, from from East Africa, who who was uh, had a family in Britain, but you know, the immigration had decided that he couldn't stay. Uh, you know, he was taken on, onto the plane, and and you know he 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 again, it, it's I can't breathe. You know, he, he's held down, he's restrained while they're trying to remove him, and and he dies. And you know, so few people know the name of Jimmy Mabenga in comparison with the name of of, of George Floyd. You know, so yeah, uh, it's. It's even even the responses to the murder of George Floyd. You know, because of the action of Black Lives Matter, um, you know, it's created a certain moment of interest convergence. You know, it, it, it wasn't there when Jimmy O. died. You know, and again, the, the, the Stephen Lawrence case is, is an interesting one because it's a fairly well-known story now. You know, but but one of the things that that um, enabled the the Stephen Lawrence case to really gain traction was that the Lawrence family had the support of the Daily Mail, you know, which is a, obviously, I think, it's, I think it's now our biggest selling British newspaper. It's not known for being a left-leaning, liberal, anti-racist paper. But you know, the story is, is that you know, when the Lawrence campaign was first, um, you know, demanding an inquiry and making complaints about, about the police failure to handle uh, the investigation into the murder of, of Stephen, Stephen Lawrence, uh, you know, the Daily Mail thought, "Oh, well, these are a bunch of like troublemaking black power lefties." You know, let us have them. You know, and then what happened, almost by accident, is that Paul Dacre, the editor of the Daily Mail, um, and this is, this is a well-reported story. You know, Paul uh, Dacre, the editor of the Daily Mail, uh, realizes that that Neville Lawrence, Stephen's father, was a guy who years before had done work as a painter and decorator on his house. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I, 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 know this guy. I, I, I know this family. You know, they're they're a good thought. you know, And suddenly, you know, the Daily Mail comes out hell for leather on the side of the Lawrence campaign. You know, and um, it, it's 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 another example of interest convergence. If the editor of the Daily Mail, you know, hadn't hadn't known Stephen Lawrence's father, then. You know, we, we we may have ended up in a very very different different place. So um, yes, there, there there are just times when elites you know elites see it as being in their interest, or or elites you know have some kind of alignment with anti-racist campaigns, and 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 yeah, and and, and things then start to happen. You know, whereas in other cases, you know, uh, deaths, murders are are, are ignored
0: absolutely yeah and i think it really shows you the power of solidarity and the importance of intersectionality because very often it's this, the, the interests of people of color tend to be put against the interests of white working class people and lgbt groups and um disability groups but actually when when these groups come together and realize that they have shared interests um only then can change happen if, if it's i guess joint forces yeah. and, work together. So intersectionality, I think it's been really, really important in my understanding of racism.
1: But yeah, I mean, one of the key things that critical race theory says is that, you know, is that change is always driven, Mm -hmm. you know, if you like, from the bottom up, you know, change is always driven you know, by BME communities and their allies, you know, and hopefully, you know, you, 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 you get, you know, yeah, certain kind of intersectionality, a certain kind of alliance, you know, across race, gender, disability, class, these things are all absolutely key. But but that's what drives the change. In in other words, you know, what critical race theorists always say is that, is that elites never reform willingly, you know um the power holders never reform willingly why 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 should they <laughs> they <laughs> won't willingly it's only when a situation is created in which not doing anything is a worse alternative than actually finally acting
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah no that was really helpful uh, really helpful explanation uh, it
0: will help me to unpack <laughs>
1: <I> hope so <laughs>
0: um so I saw some of the the papers you wrote and in 2012 you wrote a paper called a tradition of ceaseless motion um Mm -hmm. CRT and black British intellectual spaces um in which you analyze the transfer of critical race theory which is invented in the US um to the UK and the importance of considering the broader context of black British intellectual production um so I was wondering if you might Tell us a bit more about, I guess, the potential drawbacks of CRT if it's only focused on American intellectuals, um, and mm. the possible dangers it might pose in erasing the contributions that exist um, from people of color in, in the UK. How you feel about it, maybe now?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I mean, the the the, the, the whole point of uh, of the paper and, and the, the book that came, that came out of it, Black Intellectuals and in Education. The, the the whole point of that was to really draw attention to the you know the the the, the rich and, and incredibly important um tradition of black british thought and activism um you know over 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 centuries and, and again in, in in the book when i use the term black i'm, I'm deliberately using it in a in a very old uh what some people regard as an old-fashioned way which is what i grew up with you know but in, in, back back when i was second uh, seventies and eighties you know, political blackness. blackness. Political blackness is a some people have these days, but it did happen. I think there was something very important that came out of it. So, uh, in the book, you know, it, it looks at, at, at African, African Caribbean, Asian uh, uh, your movements and and, and 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 so forth. So, so the whole point of the book was to say, well, you know, when we look at um, when we look at issues of race, and when we look at issues of or anti-racism very often the first thing we do is we look to the US and, and there's a reason for that because they, they have their own their own tradition which is a fantastically important one you know and, and it kind of spans there's a whole, there's a whole black Atlantic idea you know, the idea that, that, you know, that African American thought has been a great contributor right across the, the, the diaspora Europe Africa America um, and, 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 and so forth but what I was saying was, you know, very often we'll start talking about Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or, you know, Rosa Parks will be there on Black History Month Day, you know, um, but I'm saying that, you know, the, 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 in Britain, you know, we also have our own tradition, you know, uh, people like, you know, people like CLR James and um, people like Claudia Jones and John Rose and Erica and Jesse, Jessica Huntley and uh, Sibir Nandan and Farouk Dondi. And you know, Stuart Hall, Paul Gilroy, uh, Jan McKenley, you know, some of these names like Stuart Hall, you know, are reasonably well known. Others should be far, far better known. So, um, the, the the whole idea of the book was to, uh, yeah, to think about about the ways in which some ideas, like critical race theory, but also other kinds of ideas, you know, going back to Black Power in the sixties, looking at how those did transfer from the USA to the UK. But also thinking about, about homegrown traditions of of thought and activism, which, which, are, which are very very important. Um, and I think the thing with 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 something like critical race theory is that you know it, it has spread to, to to many parts of the world now. So I, you know, I, I know colleagues in in Australia. Um, you know, uh, colleagues in South America and so forth who are now using critical race theory. And just as importantly, this goes back to the idea of of intersectionality. Uh, There are a whole set of offshoots growing out of critical race theory. So for instance, uh, you have um, Discrit, which actually takes some of the ideas from critical race theory and looks at intersections between race and disability, you know, writers like Anama and so forth. You've got um, people like Han doing work around uh, queer crit. So again, queer crit, again, same thing. It looks at issues of sexuality, um, LGBTQ movements, taking some ideas from from critical race theory and looking at intersections between race and sexuality. You have lat crit, uh, people like um, Daniel Salazano, who are looking at, you know, Latinx, um, Latino, uh, Latina experiences in the uh, the USA. Uh, and you have uh, what's sometimes called a, a tribal crit, which is used, uh, again, to examine the experiences of indigenous First Nations, you know, Native Americans, people in the USA. But it's also, it's also being used by people um, of Aboriginal descent in Australia, for instance. So, um, you know, I, I, yeah. I, 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 think, I think what I've also tried to do in my work is to get away from the idea that, that the critical race theory is, 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 is merely uh, a US phenomenon. It has very, very important origins in the USA. But I, I do really think that, the, that there is sometimes a kind of over anxiety about it being entirely US based because it's spread, as I said, it's, it's spread to many countries now. Uh, Britain is only one of those countries and it's spread across, you know, across identities also. Um, and, and, and I guess you know, as someone working in academia, I guess um, one of the things that always, always kind of, kind of um, perplexes me is, is, that, is that academics love you, you. They love using international references and writers. You know, so in education, yeah, you know, I mean, every day in education, people talk about about you know the French theorists, Pierre Bourdieu or Michel Foucault mm-hmm. or, or whoever, You know, and no one ever says, "Well, gosh, you know, Bourdieu's work really be." Um, transferred from France or, or or Algeria to Britain. Gosh, that's a problem. You know, you know, people don't say, "Oh, gosh, you know, um, can we can we transfer the work of Judith Butler to a, you know, around gender to a to a UK setting?" But and critical race theory is not the first to suffer from this. As soon as you mention race and you and you mention uh, an American uh, author, it's like, "Oh, you know, that 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 can't possibly." Be relevant in any way to the UK content which is and it's, and it's uh, I'm not going to make any bones about it. It, it it's it's just sheer racism you know uh, okay. yeah yeah and, and, and it's and it's and it's just and it's 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 a fearfulness you know, part of part of the fearfulness is this worry that oh my gosh these black and brown people are talking about you know, to each other yeah you know, behind yeah you know, they're talking across <laughs> continents and of course that's exactly what's happening but um you know if it's not a problem to think years French ideas and to bring it yep. to the UK then it can't be a problem to take the ideas of, of Derek Bell, Kimberly Crenshaw or, or Zeus Leonardo and to see what they can do in the UK because that's what it's all about. It's I me, think absolutely not. So, so sorry Khadija, sorry.
2: I'm so glad you made that point Paul, absolutely delighted to hear it because What we're finding here is that um, some of our PhD students um, wanted to look at um, BAME young people and their experiences in Scotland of schooling and transitioning out of school, and where PhD supervisors will perhaps encourage them to use Bordeaux. And look at you know the cultural capital, habitus field, and and actually right. my question was, well, why didn't you use critical race theory? <laughs> and and it was because the the supervisors didn't really think it was you know a fit in, in a sense. And I said, well, oh. but, and, and that's your point to say, well, if you don't recognise that as, as something that's a critical issue, then mm. you're not going
1: to want to apply those appropriate frameworks to it. Abs- abs- okay. Absolutely, that, that's that's right. You know, it, 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 it's it's again, it, it's a sign of not taking issues of race and racism seriously. You know, that that mm-hmm. racism can only be a valid a valid issue if we look at it through the framework of Pierre Bourdieu. Yeah, no, no, nothing wrong with Bourdieu. You know, great ideas. Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. But, but, but and, 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 I'll, and I'll give you an ex- example again. What, what a moment ago is. We're not in the business, you know, of, of just transferring CRT wholesale without doing any kind of groundwork. You know, what people who work with CRT in this country are interested in doing is seeing what it can do in a British context. You know, whether it's England, Scotland, Wales, seeing what it can do in a British context. So, um, again, and, and, and also people in the U.S. of. They're constantly doing this kind of work, uh, looking at how theories can shift across, across fields. So, a good example would be when we talk about Bourdieu, uh, someone who's a critical race theorist who's done really great work around Bourdieu, around stretching Bourdieu's ideas, is Tara Yosso. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Tara Yosso done some great work. And, and yeah. she's kind of rethinking Bourdieu, and she rethinks Bourdieu in ideas of cultural wealth. So, it's it's well. You know, we understand all the idea that cultural capital resides in middle class mm-hmm. spaces, you know, with middle class culture. But what about the kinds of cultural and social capital that exist in minoritized, oppressed communities? You know, let's think about That's that. So, again, you know, where students are working with PhD supervisors, you know, again, I know it's very difficult to kind of press your supervisor, you know, yes. in that way. <laughs> But, yeah. you know, supervisors have a responsibility to say, okay, you know, okay, uh, let's not just take an off the page set of existing, you know, Eurocentric, for want of a better word, um, um, yeah. frameworks. You know, let's think of the kinds of frameworks that have been developed by minorities communities, uh, minoritized communities, the kinds of frameworks that have been developed to talk directly about race and racism. And, 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 and let's see what work they can do in helping us to understand race and racism.
0: Absolutely.
2: And just to your point about um, perhaps you could encourage their students to do a sort of a, a, a pre-exploratory type study of what a theoretical frame do you think would suit best here? Um, because even if you think about Yosso's work about community cultural wealth, um, she rightly um, addresses that point about somebody's culture can be seen, actually can be presented in a deficit way rather than added value. So it's also about thinking about that. When you're when
1: you're thinking about the yeah. frameworks as well. That's right and, and, and I think sometimes you know uh you know what what students have to do is is is, is to educate their teachers you know they have to educate <laughs> their, their supervisors and and, and, and and some supervisors are very responsive to that but uh you know we've got to be honest about this and say that a, a lot of academics just aren't familiar with critical race theory, and, 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 and they're not familiar in general with, with writing by, you know, African, Asian, Caribbean, Arabic authors. They're, they're, this, this is part of the problem, they're, 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 they're not familiar with that work. Some would actually struggle you know, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. identify, yeah. you know, any authors other than the kind of sort of mainstream Anglo American or maybe French uh, traditions. And um, they're, they're, again, one of the really important people in critical race theory um, is an American academic called Richard Delgado. Yep. He, uh, some years ago, uh, did, did a, a, a fan, uh, wrote a fantastic paper called um, The Imperial Scholar. You know? <laughs> and and, and, he, and um, Richard Delgado was a legal scholar because critical race theory, originally the came out of critical legal studies. So the, the, the people who were working around critical race theory initially, like Derek Bell, Richard Delgado, um, uh, uh, Kimberly Crenshaw and so forth, you know, they, they, they came from a legal background. And in his article, in The Imperial Scholar, what Richard Delgado did was he actually did yeah, a review of the, of the top cited, you know, the, 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 the most highly respected, most commonly cited legal articles on race, specifically on race, yeah, and racial equality and so forth. And what he found was that <laughs> almost all, the top articles and papers that were being cited again and again on race and education were actually written by white scholars and they cited each other. You know, so they're, they're a kind of, there was a kind of closed shop of, <laughs> of white legal scholars who were writing and only referring to other white legal scholars in order to talk about race, you know, and, 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 and the way that... Uh, Richard Dawkins showed that was was I mean it was absolutely fantastic and and it's something that that you know that that, that happens in 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 many fields you know in many fields.
0: Yeah, we, we see that. I mean, I, I teach English, and it's the same thing. It's always going back to the same white authors referencing the same uh, white authors that are maybe easier to analyze or write critical essays about because that's what everyone's been doing for for such a long yeah. time, and it's yeah. really hard to find. Those uh, black authors that are, especially when you look at black authors, it tends to be American authors. Um yes. So it, it's really difficult sometimes to find those black British writers and writers of colour that aren't always the same same stories and that represent different I mean, marginalised abs- identities.
1: Abs- absolutely, and and, and and I think the thing is, it, it, it's just it's just it's just becoming blandlier. Thankfully, it's becoming less and less less and less justifiable to do that it's less and less justifiable to to, to excuse that kind of ignorance you know yeah. which is what it is I mean you know if, you know we, if, we, we you know, teachers cannot pretend now that they don't know who Bernadine Evaristo is you know yeah or, yeah. They know who, yeah they don't know who Jackie Kay is you know what, what excuses mm. for not studying Jackie Kay or yeah. Bernardine Evaristo? Or yeah color, or,
0: or, or. so i suppose that in, that, in that spirit um thinking about your book about black british intellectuals maybe you could tell us a bit more about maybe your your top three or your favorite black british intellectuals to help um i guess raise the awareness um around british thinkers um because i'm sure of <laughs> of our listeners and including ourselves would like to know more
1: that's 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 that that's a really good question because I, I I I I like this. But it's it's a very difficult one to answer. But Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. okay, but but, but but I suppose if if I had to think I to think about it, um what one person that I thought I would I would name is someone someone by whom you won't find a lot of writing, you know. But, but there is a bit and some of it's available online. But one person is um, John LaRose who uh, was again John LaRose is someone who, you know, who should be far better known than he is um, he, was, he was a leader of um, black education movements black parents and student movements in London uh, especially from the 1960s 70s through the 1980s he also um, was a leader of the Caribbean artist movement and very, very importantly, he did two things. One was to set up a publishing, and book, uh, publishing company and bookshop called um, New Beacon, which is still there, you know. Mm. And also in, uh, in the sort of 1980s, he, he uh, uh, was the kind of driver behind the International Black Book Fair, uh, which, 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 which was a glorious thing. Because I used to work in publishing. We used to go there, and, and oh my gosh, you go there, and you just see all this fantastic, radical... You know, radical. Um, you know, Asian, African, Caribbean, Arabic work. You know, all of these 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 stores, these publishers, and you'd have people like uh, in Googie and Chinua, Achebe and so forth speaking. Um, and and uh, you know, one 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 thing that you that you can sometimes find by John De is a very important booklet he wrote on the uh, the New Cross Fire. So. Uh, mm-hmm again yeah, the new Cross fire is 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 one of those shamefully neglected moments in in tragedies in in british history so it's like 1981 uh there's a terrible fire at a party um in london a house party and and and, and 13 young black people die you know in the fire and you know, it, 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 it just hardly makes a ripple in national news, you know, and people like John LaRose were kind of calling for an inquiry. Uh, they had a Black People's Day of Action uh, where, where there, there, there were thousands who marched through the streets of London and, 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 and who were abused for doing that, were abused for protesting. The, the, just the lack of interest and curiosity in, in the deaths of 13 young Black people. Yeah, these were teenagers, you know, having a bit of fun after school. It, it's a story that is still, you no. so 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 uh, John John LaRose would be would be one. Um, I think um, again, uh, an important uh, writer also would be um, yeah. I, I I think I think um, there's yeah Hazel I mean Hazel Carby is someone, again, who, who, who sort of worked, uh, who was based in Britain back in the 1980s and wrote a lot of important um, black feminist work. Um, and again, looked at the difficulties around intersections between race and gender and also race and class. Um, I mean, again, Hazel Carby is one of those people that we lost to the USA, you know, because <laughs> again, she, she, uh, she, she worked at a time where, uh, again, if, if you wanted an academic career, in Britain, you know, you, 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 you went to the USA, you know. Um, another important person was someone that, that, yeah, I guess you came from similar circles as Hazel Parvey, still very important. I mean, perhaps probably the best known black British acad- academic or intellectual, um, but you know, Stuart Hall, whose work has been massively influential. Um, and and again, Stuart Hall is often is often sort of thought of as the, as the father of cultural studies. You know, he 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 did a lot of work around it, sort of identifying the early stages of neoliberalism. He he yeah, he virtually invented the term facturism, You know, um, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, but, but again, Hall also you know wrote about his experience as a Jamaican. You're know, coming to Britain. And yeah, he always says that you know it, it, it was only in Britain that I kind of realised I, I was black, you know. You know? Uh, and again, Hall, you know, Hall just, uh, just still, a, still a massively important and influential thinker. And 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 there are, there are just, there are just many others. You, know, you can go back to the 1930s and find George Padmore and and William Jones and C.L.R. James and the kind of Black Marxists. And again, you know, you, you can you can go you know, right, 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 right up to. You know, day and finding you know really important important writers, important um thinkers um, but 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 again I, I suppose another thing is is in in the book black intellectuals I, I, guess, I guess what i 've tried to, what i 've said at various points is you know uh, if we think about black intellectuals, we must 't just be thinking about academia yeah. actually mm-hmm. higher education has only kind of fitfully intersected with issues of 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 race and, and, and with traditions of black thought you know. And again, I mean, if, if 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 you if you look today, I mean, a, a lot of people who are writing important work around race. Um, I mean, you, you you've got artists and you've got musicians and you've got journalists. People like like, like I guess Reni Edel Lodge will be will be more of a journalist. People like Reni Edel Lodge, <coughs> excuse me, F. W. Hirsch. Um, yeah, F. W. Hirsch. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, again, and uh, they're you know, they they're, they're, they're not academics, but, but 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 they are people who are saying really important things. About racing Britain and, and and doing it in a way that yeah that that some extent kind of yeah has managed to kind of penetrate you know the mainstream again uh, someone like Gary Young you know uh, who's written in the Guardian and the New Statesman for many years you're very important and again we've we've kind of half lost Gary to the U- to the USA also you know so the brain the brain drain the brain drain of of of, of black and brown British thinkers is 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 is, is always an issue you know. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important to just celebrate all these thinkers and writers, and continuing to archive them as well. Because I'm sure there are so many that we don't know of, especially in Scotland. I find it
1: really yes. difficult to find. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. um, um, so. yes. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean. Again, you know, i I've I, I I was sort of looking back at the Black Intellectuals book, and, and, and again, yeah, you know, I've I've got a few mentions of Scotland, no, no, nowhere near as much as I as I would have liked, you know. But you know, there there there, there were students and often sort of um you know sort of, uh uh maritime communities, you know, in Scotland, you know, from yeah from 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 from, from fairly early on, um, and and I mean, you, you, you know, there are records of of, of activism, you know groups you know, that were active in Scotland yeah from the early 20th century even before the kind of Windrush era and again you you, 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 you can come right up to today in Scotland you've got people like Rowena Arshad at Edinburgh University heads the centre there on racism, and Nassar Amir who I think is also um, in education uh, sorry in, in Edinburgh now doing lots of work around citizenship Islamophobia yeah. Semitism <laughs> um, and again there's there, there's, there, there's there's a great book another one that should be better known um written some years ago now <clears throat> by by ron ramden called the the making of the black working class and again that has some very very good sections on 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 um uh, your black activism your know, labor activism and so forth in 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 scotland you know across the twentieth century so yeah it, it, it's really important to it, it's it's very important to archive this work um it's it's it, it's something that that myself and and, and a few colleagues have have, have tried. To, it's difficult to get back into these things, or at least it was before before George Floyd. You know, you know? <laughs> uh, so I'm 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 slightly embittered because one of the projects that that, that Rowena and my colleague Gar- Gargi Bhattacharya, um, uh Steve Garner, and myself tried to get off the ground uh, a few months ago was to do a, a project that would have been about collecting and archiving uh, materials from black um and brown and anti-racist movements in the uk and not just england you know we 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 absolutely wanted scotland and wales to be in there as well um and one of the reasons for doing this is is there are a lot there are a lot of important people um who were involved in anti-racist movements in the uk across the 50s 60s 70s um who who are now quite elderly you know and and and, you know sad to say but you know we know they won't be with us for very long and some of that some of that stuff becomes becomes lost um so archiving really important and celebrating and the other thing archiving celebrating and the third thing is it, it, it's using you know, it's, it, you know as, as well as celebrating it's actually using these writers so some, sometimes you want to take issue with them sometimes you want to criticize them they, they, they wouldn't mind <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. It's, it's really getting in there, getting your hands in there to talk about you know about, about this anti-racist thought, about black thought. It's, it's getting your hands dirty, you know, and, and and getting in there and arguing about it and using it in your work, you know, and mm-hmm. teaching your supervisor or your school if you have to. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's something we've been trying to do with the anti-racist educator to Mm -hmm. start collating a a reading list with prioritizing British, Black, British, people of colour, writers of colour, anti-racist. So a work in progress. It it just allows all all the people you've mentioned and I look forward to adding more, but um, hopefully we can use them more.
1: so, yeah, yeah if, 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 if I can be of help there, you know, it, it, yeah, by all means, you know, because I think I think just just again, part of it, you know, and especially. You know, it's, especially for sort of people who who are sort of coming into this, who are, who are young people at school or or, or students, you're doing early research. You know, what one thing is ju- is, ju- is just knowing who's out there. You knowing know? where
0: to start, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it, it goes back to the question you know the point we were talking about about a moment ago. You know, one thing is is is, is just knowing. You know, because because sometimes you just don't, know and your tutors don't know, and your lecturers don't know. Mm. You know, so you you need somewhere that, that that you can go to to just kind of find mm. out what. Who who are the important, you know, African Caribbean, Asian, Arabic, African you know, thinkers you know, who've worked in, in, in and lived in, in in Britain? Who are they? You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think that's some brilliant just advice for the future. Things for us to take forward. Um, it might be a good place for us to stop the podcast as well. Um, yes. con- uh, conscious of time, so um, sure. thank you so much, Paul, for taking time to share your insights in this podcast. And joining us for such a thought-provoking conversation. Thank you Khadija as well for co-hosting and thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. Make sure um, to check out Paul's work, his book um, and make sure to share this episode with your fellow educators and activists and I think that's all for now with the Anti-Racist Educator. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.
0: Thank you.